Hello, everybody, and welcome to We Are Marvel, where we explore all corners of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and we are your hosts. My name is Justin. My name is Jeremy. And welcome to the show. Yes, thank you for joining <laughs> us. We appreciate it every time. I wasn't sure if you were going to jump in there or not. I, I, I wasn't sure either. I don't know why. <laughs> I know we normally... I know it's my lead, but you have to, like, talk a little bit here. Yeah, and I, and I know one of us usually says thanks for joining us, and the other then also chimes in with their stupid remarks. Yeah. But I was not. It's your I didn't time have my stupid for remarks stupid ready. Remarks. Yeah, I'm sorry. I don't know. Uh, I have no excuses because it hasn't been a long time. Uh, it's been roughly a week. Yeah. A little yeah, out of I got season. Nothing. Sorry, <laughs> I guess. Yeah. But yeah, no, really. Though. Thank you for guys for joining us. We do we do appreciate it. Definitely. We know there's a lot of options out there, and you guys are choosing to listen to us. That's awesome. Yeah, because we're great. Yeah, dude. And we... It is. Like, hmm? like share it with more people. Like, it's, We're great. We are this awesome. Everybody You're knows You're having it. fun. Yes. Aren't yes. you having fun? I am. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> okay. Uh, as you probably noticed by the title of the episode, we're going to be talking about our top five favorite weapons uh, from throughout the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yeah. Uh, but before we get into that, let's dive into some news, given that this is a topic episode, and that's how we make this last a little longer in your ear holes. <laughs> that's right. You bring in ear holes back. Great. <laughs> Didn't forget about it. I'm sure everyone loves that. I bet so. <laughs> uh, this is an oldie, but it's important. Variety is reporting that four-time primetime Emmy-nominated actress Amelia Clark from Game of Thrones and Solo, A Star Wars Story, has joined the cast of the upcoming Secret Invasion Disney Plus show. And that's awesome. That is. Yeah, that's really cool. She's a big actress, and mm -hmm. she does great work. Like She is a great actress. So I'm excited to see her in this. This is awesome. Yeah, and you, I mean, it is. It's a good get, and it makes me think that her role is going to be substantial. Okay. Yeah. I mean, you don't get a, a name that big to just be in this show right and given that the show is dealing with secret invasion which i have a feeling is also going to be a very big important thing in the mcu <laughs> it, it's worth you know taking a second look at i i took a look at some lists of possible because they haven't revealed who she's going to be of course right why would you yeah. do something like that but <laughs> I took a look at some lists, and I, I picked the two that I think are the most likely that she could be, given her uh, actress status. Okay. Uh, the first one, which is what I thought already, was that she would be a character called Varank, if I'm pronouncing that right, who is the Empress of the Scrolls, and yeah, is okay. essentially the leader of the Scrolls in the Secret Invasion. Okay. Yeah. It's a yeah, it's a high profile kind of character, so yeah. I could see that happening because, because yeah, I mean w w we don't have a ton of options that she could be, so mm -hmm. I could see that working, yeah, yeah, for sure. And it again, it's something that if Secret Invasion leaks into the rest of the MCU and is talked about more, and I mean again, the idea of Secret Invasion for those that don't know is essentially the scrolls came to Earth and secretly infiltrated high-ranking positions of power yeah. in government, in S.H.I.E.L.D., in the Avengers, and whatever. Mm -hmm. And 
then they find their time to strike and try to invade Earth. So if she is Varenk, and again, I don't think I'm saying that right, but I'm going to stick with it. (laughs) uh, She could essentially be the queen of the Skrulls, where she was during Captain Marvel and Far From Home. It's hard to say. Yeah. But, I mean, she could easily be one of the factions that Talos and Fury didn't get to. Okay. And, you know, was pointing revenge or something. I thought for a while that Talos's daughter was going to become Varank, especially mm-hmm. the way she looked at the, uh, the Kree that got shot by her dad. Like, that real close-up of her face made me go, I wonder if this is going to impact her... And make her like see things differently and become a villainous. Oh. But yeah, yeah. As far as we know, Talos is still around. So unless I mean, it, it it's very possible that his daughter grew up, and you know, it could be that Amelia Clark is playing Talos's daughter. Yeah, after it's been after the snap, so it'll be five years, and I don't know, she looks youngish. Well, yeah, and it was the so. '90s when that all happened. So I mean, that was okay. quite a while ago. 20 plus yeah, years. Yeah, that'd be... Well, it'd be 30 plus, right? Isn't it like 20, 24, something like that? Something like in, that. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah, and plus you so. tack on the five years, whether she got blipped or not, we don't know. Right, yeah. But uh, the other option I thought of was Abigail Brandt, which would be the head of S.W.O.R.D. Hmm. She, okay. you know, obviously S.W.O.R.D. was mentioned in a big part of WandaVision. Yeah. And we don't know really who's running it outside of... Uh, what's his face? Who got hit yeah, uh, in the truck with stuff? <laughs> yeah. And his yeah, boot was arrested at the end. He could be the new leader of Sword, or she could be the new leader of Sword now that he's been arrested. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Or she was the Nick Fury all along and, you know, wasn't keeping close enough tabs on what that ass face was doing. <laughs> yeah, that could, yeah, I could see that. That'd, that'd work. I like those two options. Those are good. Thank you. Yeah, I'm. I'm glad you had those ready because I was gonna ask you. I was like, because you know, we yeah, they have like you said, they haven't announced who she's playing. So I was gonna ask if you had an idea of yeah. who she could be playing. And you, you, there you are. That's what providing. I'm here for. That's what I do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's definitely what you're here for. Yeah, I'm not here for that. <laughs> <laughs> but you did help a lot this week with uh, some oh, fun facts for our weapons list. And without yeah. much further ado. Let's rock into this. We did a uh, five through one rankings, official rankings, uh, least to greatest. Official, these official be, for now. These will be placarded and uh, mounted on our walls for all times, never to be changed uh, or uh, altered <laughs> in our brains. Uh, I hate you. You know I hate that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is hard enough to get it into the five I have. Yeah, and, and I have just, a sixth honorable mention because it seemed like a cheat. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I guess I do too. You yeah. did mention that I'm gonna, I'm gonna at least talk about the Infinity Gauntlet. So, spoiler alert: that's spoilers. not in our top five. We figured that's a little too overpowered. Yeah, you know, and kind of a just... cliche. It's like a, it's kind of a given. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's a great weapon because it can do whatever you want. It can make bubbles, yes. and who doesn't like bubbles? I don't want to meet that person. I don't either. So my number five uh, hails from my childhood, which would be Daredevil's uh, Billy Club slash Grappling Hook. It, yeah. It's something, I mean, 
say what you will about the Ben Affleck Daredevil from 2003. Back then, that was the best yeah. we could do. <laughs> okay, that's fair. And it was exciting and awesome, and just seeing all the cool things that it could do, like in the comics and in the original movie, it doubled as his cane, like his walking stick. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. And then it transformed into this awesome kick-ass weapon that he could use as nunchucks. Uh, and <laughs> pra- provided here by Jeremy are some fun facts. Uh, in the comics, <laughs> the cable in Daredevil's Billy Club not only allows it to be used as a grappling device, but also as a flail, nunchuck, uh, escrima, or I'm not going to be able to say that word, uh, <laughs> essentially a long rope slash chain weapon with two weights on its ends. Uh, it is... It had also been portrayed with a retractable microphone, a miniature tape recorder, and a chamber for firing projectiles. Also, the club was sometimes red and sometimes white. Boom. Yeah. So, yeah, that the retractable microphone, mini tape recorder, those are, those are definitely, you know, old school comics where it was like, this is a cool thing. <laughs> well, that, and I mean, like, he, he is a lawyer, and so the yeah. idea that he could kind of, and he's in many ways Marvel's Batman. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, the idea that he would use it to get information for one of his cases, even though it wouldn't be admissible, would be interesting. (laughs) Yeah, okay. I can see that. All right. Yeah, I definitely see you liking this, because I I remember when the uh, Daredevil Netflix series came out, you were so excited for for that thing. Yeah, Yeah, and honestly, it all comes from the Affleck movie. I mean, I... Again, I, I hate to admit it, but I really liked it as a kid, and it really drew me in. And like I said, by that time, we had only had X-Men 1 and Spider-Man 1. Yeah. Like, that's it. So this was, like, the next cool thing. And the R-rated version is much better. The director's cut, yeah. it's it's worth you a watch. It's much it. better. All right. But, so, yeah. go try that, everyone. Uh, I do want to jump in here. Do we want to do the honorable mentions first, or are they going to be after? Uh, after because i already went first okay boom okay that yeah that's what i figured dude <laughs> all right all right so my number five obviously i would never choose anything else as number five i don't uh, know what, you know the, my list but i don't know yours i know my my yeah i'm just i'm making a, a joke about how i hate making a top list mm. and having to choose what order they're in mm. dumb <laughs> joke all right my number five the quad blasters Oh my uh, god! Those, I don't know. I don't know what that is. <laughs> it's the guns that Star Lord she oh. has. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. So I think they're really cool. I, I especially the way he uses them and how quickly he can shoot. And I figured out how how he can shoot so quickly. And I'll, I'll explain that in a sec. But I always thought they were cool and just the way he uses them and his whole kind of setup where he's got the ankle booster things and mm. helmets awesome and all that kind of stuff so this is kind of that awesome cherry on top the quad blasters so they're so an interesting weapon there there it's a cool design it is definitely um and it, yeah it talks a little bit about the design here too so I'll, I'll, let me read these let's fun get, facts let's get into some things. fun facts yeah so the blasters have two separate triggers controlling two separate barrels oh mm. okay these triggers are fired using the index finger and the middle finger, allowing them to be fired at the same time, and allowing for both lethal and non-lethal shots to be fired. Uh, when not in use, they are stored in holsters under his jacket, Star Lord's jacket, that is. Uh, the bottom barrel of each gun fires non-lethal shots, shooting out a stream of electricity, allowing Star Lord to electrocute or stun opponents, depending on the strength. 
The top barrel fires lethal shots, blasting out a fiery burst of plasma, killing most targets on impact, although the strength of the opponent can uh, play a part in that. Um, in the comics, Starlord uses a weapon of identical appearance known as the Element Gun, a weapon capable of conjuring each of the four elements. Hmm. The akimbo fashion of the quad blaster, his twin Kree submachine guns, which he uses in the comics at a point when he did not use his element gun. And finally, the designs of quad blasters have some reference to handguns from 1980s space western animated series Brave Star. Never, Never heard, heard of it. it. <laughs> yeah, Jinx. But I guess they they took some uh, some design from there. So <laughs> I kind of wanted to look it up, and I didn't. But I will. That's fair. That's yeah. interesting. Yeah, it's, yeah. Star Lord is and the Guardians is something I still don't know much about outside of the movies. So it's yeah, that's cool. So that's probably why you enjoy them even more because it's everything's just kind of new to you. Yeah, I mean that's we talked about this last week with Shang Shang Chi. Got to start getting used to that. Right. Well, and I was uh, watching yeah. uh, Mortal Kombat uh, last night in prep for my other show, Pod and Gore. Listen to that wherever you uh, listen to podcasts. And the villain in that is Shang Tsung. And they say it in the movie that way. It's Shang okay. instead of Shang. Okay. So in Shang-Chi, the reason I am so excited for that movie is I know virtually nothing about him. And so everything <laughs> is new and exciting as opposed to every other movie where it's like, I have an idea where this is probably going. And okay. when we get into what our next episode's going to be, we'll talk a little bit more about some surprises in the movies. Yeah. little tease there. Alrighty. My number four is, I think, the biggest surprise on the list. <laughs> essentially yeah. because well, it's ranked okay. at number four. Yes. That's because I was going to interrupt you and say that. It is only <laughs> a surprise because of where it is. <laughs> And that is my boy Cap's shield. And I decided to go with the Age of Ultron one with the magnets because that one, I don't know, it just it's just that much cooler. It adds that extra level of, like, he can... He, I feel like he can do more with it. Yeah. And the idea of drawing it back to him was just super cool. It's something I kind I'm I'm glad they didn't stick with it, but I also right. am sad they didn't stick with it. Yeah, that's fair. Like, it, it fit the high-tech Age of Ultron We're Fighting Robots movie. Mm -hmm. But it's like the classic, the fact that he can just do all of that stuff with a garbage can lid is fucking awesome. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the garbage can lid. Yeah. I mean, again, it Cap's my favorite. I have a Captain America tattoo. I have walls mm -hmm. and desks and things just chock full of Cap. Yes. Um, it's true. Yeah, it's he's just my favorite, so I had to shout him out. And the fact that yeah. he can use it in so many different ways. I mean, again, it's it the way Ultron describes it, like, it's a frisbee. <laughs> yeah. And he <laughs> can destroy you with that frisbee. And as we've seen on Falcon Winter Soldier, when Sam uses it, you know, with his flying and throwing it and retracting it back and shit, it's like, it's it can be an amazing tool. Yeah, yeah, he and yeah, just the different ways that he uses it, and I think yeah, he's put it over a grenade, and he's, you know, stops and stop bullets, and I still remember one time when he jumped up and kind of like 
made himself into a ball and mm-hmm. hit behind it and like yeah the, just the way he uses it is, is amazing i i think if it was just a shield yeah lame like okay yeah it's a symbol yeah but the way he uses it it makes it more than a symbol it is still of course that symbol but yeah he makes it so much more so yeah. cool it's versatile Uh, In the comics, Captain America's shield is made from a unique mix of vibranium and an iron alloy. Attempts to duplicate this mixture led to the development of adamantium, which is what coats Wolverine's claws and bones. Uh, Prior to making the shield his primary weapon, Rogers showed an affinity for using shields when he fought, such as picking up a circular garbage can lid to protect himself and later ripping off a car door to protect himself from gunfire. He later remarks that he uh, thought of them as useful tools, especially the USO shield, which he said was, quote, handier than you might think. Yeah. Which, you know, he used it uh, when he saved the Howling Commandos, or not the Howling Commandos, but that, uh, the 401st from the Hydra encampment. And it got its ass whooped, but (laughs) he didn't die from a headshot from Red Skull, so... (laughs) That's right. It was, yep. As you said, handier than you thought, I think. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a replica, replica slash prototype of the shield can be seen in Tony's workshop in Iron Man and Iron Man 2. Uh, first behind Tony when he is first seen removing his armor, and then when he is building a particle accelerator in Iron Man 2. Yeah. Uh, this is one that I hope I wish had gotten more play in Iron Man 3, but they did show it again in uh, All Hail the King. In Iron Man, two, Iron Man 3, the Mandarin has a tattoo of the shield on his neck, and it has been noted that in place of the star is an A, the symbol for anarchy. Kevin Feige has said that the Mandarin uses symbolism of various cultures and iconography that he perverts for his own end. A popular theory uh, posited that he was attempting to twist the ideals the shield represents. This fit with his uh, the speech that he gives in the trailer. However, the significance of the tattoo was never addressed. Lame. <laughs> it is a... Co- yeah, I... I Go ahead. I, I was going to say, I don't even really remember it, but I mean, the way they're explaining it, it's like, okay, yeah, that is cool. Yeah, it's a very... You can see it in the trailers for Iron Man 3, I remember, and there's some very quick shots, like maybe one or two in the actual movie. But they do, if you watch All Hail the King, which you definitely should, especially before Shang-Chi, you see it. Like, he's walking down the corridor to his cell or to the interview room or whatever, and, like, it's a shot from behind, and you see the tattoo on his neck. Probably the clearest out of both uh, appearances by him. Oh, okay. The prototype... check that out. Yeah, you should. Okay, all right. The prototype shield mentioned by Happy Hogan in Spider-Man Homecoming is likely a reference to the energy shield uh, Sharon Carter gave to Steve to replace the vibranium shield after it was destroyed in the comics. It's also briefly used in some animated stuff. And yeah, ah. it's pretty cool. cool. Yeah, that's what I and that's what I assumed it was too. Like it would be huh. an energy shield for if the the real one ever got destroyed or. You know, he lost it yeah. or whatever. The you know, I forgot yeah. it in my fucking closet. Damn it! I've left it on the hook again. <laughs> Dang it! Every Darn time it. baggage claim didn't. <laughs> yeah, man, it's on the wrong plane. Got rerouted. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> All right, my number four is the Necro Swords. 
Um, for those who don't remember or don't know, those are the swords that Hela has that she can like pretty much just produce out of thin air, mm-hmm. pretty much. So that's freaking awesome. Yeah. Like to just be able to th- have those, it looks like almost grow out of her hands or arms and she can have a long sword, small swords, little daggers, throw like a hundred of them, I think. It's like... At least five. But <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. It's cool. Now, I don't know if they just stay there, if they like dissolve or what, but... Uh, don't think about it too much. They seem <laughs> to just kind of stay there when uh, the, she killed the whole Asgardian army. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, they didn't yeah. stick with them for too long after that, so who knows? Yeah. Yeah, they might just, yeah. They're biodegradable. Mm-hmm. So they're also great for the Earth. That's nice. <laughs> we'll go with that. Yeah. Um, it's a little few facts here. Um, as the Necro Swords are obsidian swords generated and handled... By the Asgardian goddess of death, Hela, as I mentioned. Uh, powered by the necro energy that she transforms from the power she draws from Asgard. The necro swords are based on an amalgamation of two different weapons from the comics. The night sword, which is Hela's cursed sword that she uh, was able to summon at any time. And the all black, the first symbiote who manifested his form into a powerful sword with dark properties. Created by Noel and previously wielded by Gore the God Butcher, both of whom used it to slay gods across the cosmos. And Gore will be played by Christian Bale in Thor Love and Thunder. Yeah. So that's so maybe exciting. he'll be like, uh, hey, give me my sword back. My sword? back. Yeah. <laughs> what do you mean it's gone? <laughs> she whole, used all it? of it? <laughs> all of them? Yes. Ugh. <laughs> Yeah, a little backstory. I, so I, I had no idea that there was that much uh, kind of backstory to it. I didn't either. And it seems like they were kind of made up for uh, the movies, which yeah. is cool. Yeah. yeah. Very nice. My number three is Spider-Man's Web Shooters, which is something I've wanted since I was a little kid. And what kid didn't? Like, yeah, who, yeah. who didn't run around their house or the playground and jumping off shit going and like pretending they were... <laughs> gliding through the streets in new york while just like running with their hands up i know i did oh yeah did did you ever have the ones where you added like it was like that silly string oh yeah kind of bottle mm-hmm. yes so cool yeah just shooting out that web oh yeah, man the Good original stuff. ones that they did and i think it was for the first spider-man movie like they were legit big things the new ones i've seen yeah. are kind of lame but like yeah. yeah they and they strapped to your arm and i think i only had one Okay. Yeah. But yeah, I. It's all you. I'm all sh- you needed. Yeah, you know, I'm sure I still have it somewhere in a box. Oh man, I hope you find it soon. I. Yeah. I haven't <laughs> I seen it since. It might be at my dad's house. All right. Well. We had a trampoline, so I would jump on the trampoline and just go and shoot silly string into the <laughs> weeds. Oh man, <laughs> this was last year, guys. Yeah. <laughs> last weekend, really. Like. <laughs> Uh, this oh, version yeah. of Peter Parker uh, has web cartridges attached to the waistline of his suit, allowing him to easily refill his web shooters whenever he runs out, which is something that they do in the comics and in uh, different animated shows. According to Peter Parker, the web fluid lasts about two hours before it dissolves. The web shooters seen in Homecoming borrow traits from the most recent version of Amazing Spider-Man comics from the all-new, all-different Marvel event in which they are equipped with different settings ut- utilized by vocal commands. 
Uh, web shooter combinations featured but not showcased in Homecoming include Hook Web, Timer Web, Spear Web, Venom Web, Arrow Web, Shield Web, Grap Web, which I assume is a, like a grappling hook, and Net Web. Yeah. Uh, the Venom Web is a possible callback to Miles Morales' ability in the comics to deliver a bioelectric shock to his enemies, which is an ability dubbed his Venom Blast. I know this isn't very much exciting information for you, Jeremy, as you gave me this uh, information, but for our listeners, gold. Yeah, it is. And for me, I'm, I'm learning things too, so learning is fun. Yeah, well, yeah, I'm glad. I, when I found the first one, I was like, this is kind of cool stuff. I think I'm going to add these to all of mine. And then so I reached out to you and I was like, we should do some for yours. And I'm glad we didn't have any of the same. Yeah. Little I'm actually a little there. surprised. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, but you're—I mean—you're going far, deep, and wide, if you know what I mean. Like Star Lord's guns and Hela's swords. Like I saw those on a list, and I went, "Yeah, those are cool." But I like the classics. Yeah, I'm well. I'm glad that you think mine are far and wide because I thought they were like not very. Once I saw your list, so we're, <laughs> huh. uh, yeah, we we either think the same of each other, which is good or bad. I don't know. <laughs> it's hard to say. Yeah. All right, my my number three, my, my yeah, I was gonna say my top two are obvious for because of the person I like. Anyways, number three, we'll get there. Mm-hmm. Is the Yaka Arrow? Am I, I pronouncing it almost right? picked it Yaka? that. It's really cool. That like, was one that I I kept going back to it and being like, no, <laughs> I like this more. <laughs> okay, yeah, that's fair. I yeah, I, I think it's really cool, and 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 again, it's. It's similar to the shield, like just it being an arrow is not cool, but the way that Yondu uses it is freaking awesome. I was going to say, for those that don't know what the Yaka arrow is, it's the arrow that uh, Yondu uses in Guardians 1 and 2 that he whistles yeah. to control and, and shit, which is a little different than the one in the books where he actually has like a bow and arrow kind of thing. Oh, okay. But I okay. think I don't. you don't have any of that in your noties? Not... Not as far as it being a bow and arrow. I do have something from the comics that I'll read in a sec. Well, but yeah. You do you. Boop. <laughs> well, I think the way they have it in the movies is really cool. It's just yeah, yeah it's just freaking awesome. Yeah. It's more stealth right, so- and like a cool like assassin's weapon. Like something that Yes. Cause I mean in, in the comics the Guardians are good. And Yondu is a good guy. Right. As far as I know and can tell. They're just the yeah. first iteration of the team from back in the day. Yeah. So. All right. Here's I got a couple of facts here. Um, kind of a long one though. Uh, so the Yaka Arrow is a sound-sensitive arrow owned and used by Ravenger Yondu. Uh, made of Yaka metal by Centaurians, it is partially controlled by Yondu's head fin and partially by his whistling, and is carried in a holster on his belt when not in use. Uh, his use of the arrow is extremely skilled, allowing him to accurately control its direction and speed, killing multiple aliens within seconds. It is capable of punching through alien armor and even the hull of a spaceship. After Yondu's death, Kraglin acquires the arrow and a new cybernetic head fin, which we see in... In credits, It's too. like during the credits, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's not like the normal Marvel one where they stop credits, it's kind of... Yeah. And the second thing here, which in the comics, the Yaka Arrow can actually change its direction, but not speed. 
Uh, in response to certain high-octave whistle sounds, some Centaurians can produce. Yandu is so skilled at controlling his arrows, he can cause an arrow to return to his hand or weave its way through a cow- crowd of people without touching them. Hmm. Which we kind of get glimpses of when he uses it. You can tell just the yeah. way he can control it, and it's going zigzagging here and there and there. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, especially in 2, when he just decimates the entire crew on the ship. Yeah. Yeah, it's so cool. Yeah, just I I love those scenes and the slow mo and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to to make an arrow just floating around pretty much look cool is I would assume hard to do. They make it look easy. <laughs> yeah, but it's that, yeah, it's, it's awesome. <laughs> You're right. Uh, speaking of awesome, my number two is Doctor Strange's cloak of levitation. Yeah, it's just a nifty little gadget that I I don't know. It's just. I love the look of it, the style, and what they did in the movies to give it that sort of magic carpet from Aladdin personality (laughs) was such a nice touch. They didn't really do much with it in Infinity War and Endgame, but I'm hoping that in Multiverse of Madness it'll get back to its, you know, antics, as it were. Yeah, okay. Yeah, you're. Right. Yeah, I totally agree. It was, it was so cool and and fun, just the way it it had a mind of its own and mm-hmm. what it it. I mean, it saved Doctor Strange at least a couple times. Yeah, if not more. Yeah, and especially you that know. first fight with Caecilius. And yeah. I mean, it does do similar things in Infinity War, where it you know is the blanket of death for Drax. But you know, it, yeah, it's. I think the idea is in the first one he doesn't have control of it. It's helping him. And in the, okay. you know, in the Avengers movies, like he is Doctor Strange now, and he has right. more control over what it does and when. Uh, yeah. In the comics, the cloak of levitation was a magical artifact given as a gift by the Ancient One to Doctor Strange. After he first defeated Dormammu, he previously used a less powerful blue cloak. Lame. <laughs> cool looking though. <laughs> And the last one, the cloak was crafted from layered Japanese wool with embroidered edges and a printed checkered inner lining and decorated with two, count them two, gold clasps <laughs> clasps with ruby inlay. Jesus. <laughs> that's, a tough, that's a tough word. I, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I, it does. It looks great, too. Yeah. Like, just the way it floats around and all that. It's, yeah. yeah the design's amazing for the movies. The clasps are super cool. I mean, it's just... I'd, I'd wear it if I had one. Yeah, absolutely. Like, just around the house, it'd be my robe. Awesome. It's probably a thing, right? I hope so. I might have to Amazon it. search it now. <laughs> Go for it. All right, uh, my number two is Mjolnir. Um, meow, meow. Or, yes, I have that in my notes here. <laughs> it's pronounced differently. Um, it's, it's a freaking, it's awesome sword. You know, it's sword. What? what? Sorry. It's a sword now too. Cool. That's nice. <laughs> it's an awesome hammer. Sorry. Um, I, yeah, I just love it. And just the way Thor wields it in, I was going to say spoilers, but this is all spoilers. Yeah. How Captain wields it. And it's just, yeah, it, it's so cool. And, and as we mentioned last episode, it does, it has the enchantment, which is why it can only be wielded by those who are worthy. Mm-hmm. Yes. So yes. I, I, I love the thing and it's 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 awesome. So it's my number two. That's fair. And a few fun factos. This one I got a few of them here, but I'm gonna read them all. 
So Mjolnir is an enchanted warhammer made from Uru by the dwarves of Nevedalir. Uh, that is capable of controlling lightning and allows the user to fly if it is spun and released with enough power. It has an enchantment on it requiring the wielder to be worthy, granting the power of Thor if they are. It originally belonged to Hela before she was banished from Asgard, allowing her to easily catch and shatter it when Thor flings it at her, who? leaving him without a weapon. Thor? Sound like said Thor. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I did. When that there third just went and flared it at her, <laughs> she caught it. It was awesome. Right, <laughs> oh, my. Gum. I hate you so much. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to continue. I have no comeback. It was well played. <laughs> uh, others who have wielded the weapon are Vision and Steve Rogers, the latter of whom budgeted budget at a party and after Thor retrieves one, from 2013, during the time heist, wields it to great effect during the Battle on of Earth. I guess it'd be Battle on Earth. That both work. Mm. Uh, it is later returned to his timeline. Both badass scenes. In the co- I, I just yeah, love, yeah. I mean, especially for if Age of Ultron, where he just yeah. is like, we have to go. Here you go. <laughs> Get your shit and <laughs> yeah. let's go. Yeah. Yeah. Where everyone was like, I don't what? know about this guy. <laughs> yeah. Like, we can't really trust him, can we? And he does that, and everyone's like, okay. Okay. He's, yep. He's whatever cool. you say. <laughs> you can have a Disney Plus show. Fine. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, in the comics, the hammer's name translates as, quote, the crusher or, quote, the grinder. Hmm. Uh, however, in Norse mythology, its name translates as that which smashes. Just call it the Hulk, am I right? <laughs> uh, the MCU pronounces. Pronunciation for Mjolnir, which is how I'm pronouncing it, is Mjolnir. 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 Okay. Although, if you're Darcy Lewis, she pronounces it a little different. She'll pronounce it as Mew Mew or Muma. That is the other option they put here. I remember Mew Mew. Yeah, I remember Mew Mew. That was, that was fun to hear again in Thor. It's like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And according to Annika Sundin's book, Myths and Legends from Around the World, the word Mjolnir roughly means... That was smashed. Didn't I already read that? Yes. I think so. Or something very okay. similar. Um, last one here. In Thor Ragnarok, Thor disguises Mjolnir as an umbrella and taps it on the ground to change into his armor. The same way that Donald Blake disguised Mjolnir and used it as a walking stick in the comics. True story. Yeah. That was cool. And that was really cool when he did tap it down and change. Man, that was good mm-hmm. stuff. Man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's something we didn't so, uh, mention when we did our uh, Thor episode last week. The little uh, Donald Blake Easter egg. Yeah, I even remembered it as... Because I, I, I didn't know it at the time, but then I found out later on that that was his alias in the comics. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, they they gave it to him eh, right there. I was like, ah, I love it. I'm glad they never used it because it's a, such a dumb thing to do in a movie. Yeah. That everybody had to have a secret <laughs> identity in the 60s. Yeah. Uh, my number one... And I think it's just because it's such a cool, interesting, useful weapon that I could imagine doing lots of impressive things. Like, all my weapons are fun and interesting, but this is the most practical. And one, like, if I were to pick a weapon in the MCU to be my thing, I think it would be the Ant-Man suit. Wow, okay. Like, it, if Scott can use it to great effect, I think I can get it figured out. 
Like everything else, you saw how Sam had to train to use that damn shield, and right. I mean the cloak would be fun, but at a certain point, like it's it's just a cape, right? But I feel like the Ant Man suit I could get a handle on, and I I mean he had to do a lot of training too, you know, trying to fit through that keyhole and yeah, I mean you got to get your timing right. But I, I mean I have yeah. pretty good timing and reflexes. They're not great right now, but I'm tired. Okay, but you Catch know this. Ow. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> it, worked. it worked perfectly. <laughs> These Zoom calls are so interactive now. Uh, some fun facts for this. Darren Cross calls the Ant-Man suit propaganda and tales to astonish, which is a reference to the name of the comic book Hank Pym first appeared in, which is tales to astonish. Uh, the original Ant-Man helmet, spheric and extended antenna, is seen at Hank Pym's lab in in Camp Lee during the 1970s scene in Endgame, which was an awesome little uh, nod. Yeah, nice. Good little look into the past, blast mm-hmm. from the past. Yeah, yeah past in the past. Cool. <laughs> yes. My number one, probably because I think it's freaking awesome. I have a keychain about it and everything. It's so cool. Stormbreaker. Oh, so you kind of doubled up. <laughs> Yeah, I know. That's why I said my top two or yeah. The same thing. I did. I I Yeah. Well yeah, pretty much. But I'm pretty close, I should say. Um but yeah, I, I, I think Stormbreaker is so much cooler. Mjolnir, you know, Mjolnir is very cool. Meow Meow is awesome. Mm-hmm. I love it. But Stormbreaker is just a step above True. I think. Yeah. I was imagining you would pick the Black Panther suit. Not gonna lie. I didn't I, I well, I didn't pick suits as being weapons. Mm. I would have. I would think suit like is more me. of an armor. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> Maybe we'll have to do a, a top five armor or suits, and then then I can pick it. But Fair. I didn't want to cheat because I'm not, you know I'm not Justin. Right. Obviously, <laughs> no one wants so, that. Yeah. So a few few uh, kind of fun facts about Stormbreaker. Uh, so it's a large battle axe created by the dwarf king Eitri on Nedavalir. Uh So this weapon, meant to be the most powerful in the Asgardian king's arsenal, has powers similar to Mjolnir, and is also capable of summoning the Bifrost Bridge, which is different. True. Uh, and in the comics, the Stormbreaker was created by Odin as a weapon for Beta Ray Bill after he returned Mjolnir to Thor. Or Thor. Third, I like to say. If you're in the south. <laughs> and in the Marvel Cinematic Universe version of Stormbreaker shares similarities with the Mjolnir of the Ultimate Universe, such as the tip of the hammer. Yeah. It, it yeah. It's very much the look in the Ultimate Universe, which if you haven't read it, is very mm-hmm. interesting. And a lot of what the movies use as their backdrop, like the Chitauri and stuff like that, or from the ultimates and yeah his his mjolnir in that is like a there's a blunt end and then there's like an axe end and it's pretty badass nice yeah so yeah stormbreaker is awesome i I just think the look of it is so cool and and again the way thor handles it thor handles it there it's just great he's so good with it there it comes right all right go on now get (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> Yuck. All right. Let's go. <laughs> All right. Our honorable mentions. Yeah. Uh, you go. Do you want me to go first? I'll go you first because you just went to pick old demo. My honorable mention is Vision. Yeah, big old again. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's a cheat big time, much more so than the Ant Man suit. But he was <laughs> built by Ultron as a weapon, particularly yeah. in the comics, he was a weapon to destroy the Avengers. Uh, in the comics, Vision was believed to have been created using the remains of the original Human Torch, which was an android, which is spotted in the first Captain America movie. Talking about that soonish. Uh, <laughs> though it was ultimately revealed to be a duplicate, he later married Scarlet Witch and had two sons who were ultimately erased from existence, but were reincarnated as Wiccan and Speed, which is something we've seen in WandaVision. He mm -hmm. also gave himself the name Victor Shade, when he felt depressed that he did not have a human name. That I did not Victor know. Victor Shade. That's interesting. Yeah. I didn't know that. Uh, the Russo brothers revealed on Twitter that it was Vision who dumped the coffee grounds in the disposal that Stark complained about <laughs> in Civil War, which is awesome. <laughs> it is. It's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> and my last one, Vision being reactivated in a pure white body seen in the mid-credit mid scene of the WandaVision episode previously on, as well as, of course, the finale, uh, mm. is in reference to the comics where Vision had a white form upon being resurrected. So it's yeah. very true to book. Yeah, so that's very cool. Mm -hmm. All right, my honorable mention, as, as we mentioned before, is the uh, Infinity Gauntlet. It's not one that we wanted to pick, but uh, we wanted to at least mention, because it, it, it it's a very powerful weapon. Yeah, you can do some cool stuff. Bubbles. Yes. <laughs> That's right. Bubbles is right. <laughs> Bubbles into butterflies. <laughs> so, a few facts here. In the comics, the Infinity Gauntlet was originally a glove from Thanos' own armor modified to house the individual Infinity Gems. Uh, in the movie, the Infinity Gauntlet was specifically forged at Thanos' demand and does not match the armor seen on his right hand when worn. And due to the Infinity Stones receiving different colors from the original Infinity Gems seen in previous media... The color setup of the Infinity Gauntlet from the movies differs from the color configuration originally seen in the comics. And the Infinity Stones that are shown in the Gauntlet in Odin's Vault are fake, created by the Asgardians, presumably to show how the item is supposed to look, like a museum piece, although the order of the stones is vastly different from Thanos' order or the original comic configuration. So that's three different configurations. That's keep a lot of tracks. And each stone's visual effects are unique. For example, when using the Time Stone, Thanos, just like Doctor Strange, had green rings encircle his arm. But while using the Power Stone, Thanos' fists would glow purple. And finally, how the Infinity Gauntlet actually utilizes the power of the Infinity Stones is never fully explained. The only information given on how the Gauntlet functions is that, due to the flaw intentionally built in by Itri, one must... First, clench their fist to use the gauntlet, after which the stones activate and glow depending on which one or ones the user is interested in or actively using, whether it is one stone at a time, one stone in conjunction with another, or all the stones at once. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's yeah. a little bit more than just a glove. Mm -hmm. I wish they had said that that was a flaw that Eatree purposefully put in it. Because yeah. that's an interesting, like, they definitely play on it, and they even mention it, like, Stark 
says like don't let him close his fist and that's right. something that the filmmakers decided to do it's not a, a comic book thing but it's that one little nugget that keeps him from being so powerful like you just can't do anything right like if he yeah. can use it, all the stones at all times no matter what's happening with his hand like you're just screwed there's nothing yeah. you could ever do so making yeah, that yeah. close the fist thing was a nice little you know I don't know, way of getting around him being so powerful that they just die. Yeah, right. Yeah. Because, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they would. Yeah, you're right. All you'd have to do is just think what he wants to do and it, it happened yeah. pretty much. So, yeah, that was cool. All right. So, yeah, there we go. There's our top five weapons slash suits if you're Justin. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Super. So, yeah, awesome. this was a fun one. Yeah, I like this. Um, I Yeah, I enjoyed it. Um, It was fun looking back, and it was fun looking at all these kind of trivia that's how they were listed was trivia. Yeah. But they're more mm-hmm. fun facts, like you said. But this was a fun one. Yeah. I'm glad we got to do this. Me too. And yeah. not too long. Good. Uh, hopefully we'll uh, you know do some actual suit lists and other things. I'm sure we have it in our uh, list of things to, to discuss. And if it's something that one of you guys wants us to talk about, let us know. We'll move it up. I don't know if it's even slated in our first season of episodes that we mapped out before we started. I'd have to take a look. Yeah. Um, yeah, but like, as always, if you have an idea for one of these topic episodes that you want us to do, shout it out. We'll do it. These aren't set in stone like the movies. We can toss them and bring them back whenever we want. And yeah. Jeremy yeah, is going to tell you how to do that right now. Yes. Uh, we, you can get visit any of our social media. We are Marvel pod, which is on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, um you can also email us we are marvelpod at gmail.com yeah let, like just said let us know if you have an idea for an episode because yeah these are not set in stone we can do these in in, in any order that we would like yeah. so we would love to do one that you suggest mm-hmm. definitely so let us know all right before we get the heck out of here what jeremy pray tell is our next episode well justin our next episode we decided to do our our, our top three or we decided, I don't know if it's our top three, but we chose three big twists that happen in the MCU. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to describe one because it's we're going to talk about it next episode. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's right. So yeah, it's just a, a big something. You know, as you're watching the movie, this twist happens, and it was just it, like you didn't expect that coming at all. That's what we're going to talk about our our favorite ones. Yeah. So tune in next episode to give that one a listen. Yeah. Until next hey. time, I've been Justin. I've been Jeremy. Thank you very much for listening. Bye. Bye.